Life is mostly an exercise in being something other than what we used to be, while remaining fundamentally and sometimes maddeningly who we are. These words by writer and essayist Megan Dom encapsulate how I feel when I think about being a 25-year-old. Welcome to Instant Noodles, a podcast where I talk to individuals in their 20s and try to explore with them ideas such as identity, sexuality, work culture, their struggles and their desires. But it is also to understand how we can talk to them and what we should be asking more. My guest for today's show is Nitya Basroor. an educator and curriculum designer in the social sector for the last 3 years she has her lifetime of experience in embodied arts such as dance theater and yoga and is passionate about learning sexuality and aesthetics while being a self-confessed pani puri addict i'm your host meher zariwala Hi Nitya, welcome to the podcast. Hello. Um so first question, how do you like your instant noodles? <laughs> um so I like mine maggi. Um and I prefer it on the dry side, but not too dry. So like in between soupy and dry, but towards dry. I like it with cheese and I add the egg at the end to thicken it up and I add cut green chilies for the spice. Nice. So um, thank you for being here and for chatting with me. Um it's been a pleasure of course seeing your journey over the last couple of years. Mm. So um, I was wondering maybe if we can start like if you want to share some events or some phases that have happened over the 8 to 10 years from where you are right now. Yeah. Uh I think uh, it's the past 10 years I've actually been a bunch of transitions meshed into one but I don't know if that's life in everybody's <laughs> life feels like that. Because I graduated school, I had college, I quit college, I had a gap year, I joined a new college, I fell in love somewhere in between all of that. Then I started working. Um, so I don't know if there are even separate phases. Hmm. It just feels like a lot of transitions at the same. I mean, not same time, but lots of transitions. Um, but yeah, I think the big events for me have been quitting my college because hmm. um, that was a build-up of years of ambition of going towards a certain field and then hmm. just pulling it, pulling out completely, and then going back to what gave me joy. So that was a beautiful phase for me. I think like I really came into my personhood. Hmm. I came back into my body. Also, because I went back to movement, I went back to yoga, dance, um, like things that really nourished me. I think, I think falling in love was a huge um, transition for me then. And uh, my college life, the the next college that I went to, again, it it nourished me in ways I didn't think college could. Hmm. Um, So yeah, I think those would be really big. My workforce I'm still process my entry into workforce <laughs> I'm still processing. So I don't know if I mm-hmm. count that as a event. Mm-hmm. Right? And uh when you said that you know you quit one and then you started looking for the other, what was it that you think you thought you were going towards? Um so since I was 15, 14, 15, I knew I want much before that actually mm-hmm. I knew I wanted to work with animals, mm-hmm. but I thought I wanted to work with animals. and i knew i wanted to be in nature and things mm. like that and at 15 i got a, i was able to put names to it like i wanted to do wildlife management or mm. ecology like those were words that put to it and right. 
and I had classmates who had no idea what they're doing and even now they say they're lawyers and I was like where the hell did that come from right. and people knew since I was 15 what I wanted to do so when I went towards that academically mm. somehow it just kept clashing mm. um, there was a lot of disillusionment mm. and I think college life in general just took over in the way college life is supposed to in terms right. of substances and friends and mm. hanging out and I don't know if it was the kind of course that allows you to drift away from why you joined the college in the first place. Mm. And so quitting all of that, there were so many reasons. I couldn't actually tell what pulled me away from that career path. Right. And so during my gap here, it was um, it was a full on like a carpet, like the floor being pulled underneath you. And now you're like, so I've been heading towards <laughs> this. Now I have no idea where I'm heading. Mm. And so I think it was... It was really natural to be like, okay, let me just do things that I know nourish me and then I'll figure it out. Mm. And luckily for me, whatever nourished me led me towards what mm. I wanted to go towards. Nice. Like getting back into my body, doing movement and mm. looking at learning and education with... Because I, I got disillusioned by education. Right. And I realized how much my body nourished me towards my own learning. Mm. And so bringing those two together was clear for me that I wanted to go into education. And mm. I knew before I joined my new college that I wanted to look at the body and education. Right. And so, yeah, that really set me up for my actual college life, which was nourishing because I think I'd already figured out what I was going to get out of it. Mm. So... Um, just to follow up to that, um, when do you still feel like environment, wildlife is something that... Definitely. And I think how I actually brought those, how I fixed that for me in my head, because mm-hmm. there were two severed wires, right? right? Was entering into the conservation of it through the personhood. Mm-hmm. What disillusioned me was the study of it. Right, the academic The scientific part. study of okay. it. It felt, um, people don't like it when I say it because most, uh, most things in our life are violent. But for me, science started feeling really violent. Mm. It was a very intrusive, mm. like, I feel like it wasn't, the reason I went towards animals and nature is because it used to really make me feel good from the inside, right. being in that space. Mm. But studying in that space, it was seemed like an excuse to be in that space. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like I got to watch elephants when I was doing an internship or I got to be on a beach because I was studying ghost nets. But the study of the nets or the elephant wasn't interesting as being with that mm. in that space. Right. And so I realized that the way towards that for me with science wasn't working mm. and I wanted to enter it through the the humanness of it mm. which was the relationship people have with nature the relationship people have with animals okay. and looking at that avenue mm. into conservation so really looking at you know human mm. and uh, nature relationship like there was a book that was really interesting for me called ecology and equity mm. which was talking about people who live with ecology mm. and what happens to human rights when you talk about natural right. rights right. Yeah, because there's so much of human-animal conflict. Yeah, and like there's a reason that I enjoy nature in a certain way. And I think Mm. most humans also do. Mm. That's why we travel and be like, wow, nature, beautiful. So I think that's how I stayed with that. Like there's still something that nature gives me. Mm. And um, bringing people to recognize that relationship for themselves is Mm. also a way of conservation, I think. Right. 
and so you'll continue to maybe explore ways you can work in it but maybe not just the academic way. yeah yeah not the job part of it right and was there like people around you then saying that uh, if you want to work in that space then you need to actually make it part of your academic journey i mean so what happened when i was in the field i mean lo- i talked to a lot of people and a lot of older people and for a lot of older people coming into wildlife was mm. their second life okay you know what i'm saying most people mm. in the older generation mm. had done engineering something science something 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 and then realized they want to go into conservation right so for people then there was like at any age you can come into conservation but what was happening for people who wanted to do conservation at the mm. age that i did because there were again, lots of people at the age of 16 17 who knew that's where they were headed mm. if they were already coming into it from science and having an educational background that allows them to stay in that have a better footing in that right. field right so you nowadays it's a lot i would i don't know the field as well as i did then but i would assume now to enter the field after doing um, years of work in another place you you're still going to have uh, you're going to still be lagging in that right in that space so going you might hmm. you might take away from it but i don't know how much value you would add if you went there after having lived a different life right which i feel like when most like career transitions are important for the people having them hmm. but i don't know for that field if you add much value if you have had that moved yeah right um so tell me a little bit about how movement and the entire body became central to your thinking <laughs> um i've always been a dancer no since i was like 4 or something mm. i used to dance and stuff like that and it was always just a hobby or something that just gave me joy and i did it um and i think it was always central without me realizing that it was central to my existence right only after that i quit college did i realize that when i lost my relationship with theater and drama and dance is when things really started going south for me in terms of my identity i still remember ninth standard i i had this point i used to do for drama classes drama lessons since i was much younger mm-hmm. and i was forced into quitting i remember crying and sobbing about quitting it and um then going through a really uh, that then friendship and studies becomes your uh, right. thing and then when i lost friendship or i had studies which is somewhere at the back the thing that brought me back to having some sense of confidence and self was theater mm-hmm. Hmm. and hmm. dance and so when i finished like i said i just decided what gave me joy let's go do that and then we'll figure it out and so i think i realized how much being in my body used to it, it i think it forms the way you think and the forms the way you be hmm. and forms the way that you are and so for me when i was doing dance and yoga and everything and that one i was doing like 4 hours of dance plus an hour of yoga minimum this is all in that gap in that gap here that and think. like i had this one class where i went and really cuz i had lot i mean you quit college right you're going to be anxious like as hell and i went and flustered and i did one hour of yoga and then my thoughts seemed to flow like like i knew exactly what i had to do the rest of the day right and i realized how this is very basic like for people who work with the body this is like oh so silly but <laughs> right. it for me it was like my body has a power to really manage me hmm 
you know and manage the way i think and learn and be mm. and so that's how i started looking at how does then the body speak to learning Hmm. how does it speak to education hmm. because your experiences and emotions are retained within your body the only thing education doesn't do is speak to those emotions and speak hmm. to those experiences hmm. and i think the only way to speak to those emotions and experiences through the body right so for so, me my journey speaking to my body brought out all my emotions and experiences right. and i realized how central it was hmm. so was it serendipitous Very much. Uh, yeah, yeah, the gap you're spending time with your body, yoga, dance. Yeah, it, it really was. It just, it really just happened. You know, the first, second, one and a half weeks, I quit college. I'm a mess, and my, my mom and my aunt are like, "What do you want to do?" And I was like, "I want to go learn yoga. Fine, I'll go learn yoga." And like my aunt and I, literally, we, I researched like six different studios around my house, and my aunt and I drove around, and we went to each studio. One studio felt right. I signed up and then I went to yoga every day right for like 2 3 months and then suddenly I was like oh <laughs> that's how much it mm. worked you know mm. um also the last 7 8 years um any people come to mind who you who you think have been central to the journey mm. if i mean in case there are to that journey yeah um yeah very small part so the journey with my body you're saying right uh, or just your journey in the last the journey in general yeah, yeah i think there are lots then there's my partner hmm. there's um, one person who when i was really confused about what i wanted to do was like see you're a good person you want to do many things to help out hmm. choose one and then be like it's okay other good people will manage the others <laughs> okay and it really helps to be like you know that's mm. how i could give like release my relationship with wildlife hmm was like okay there are people doing that what gives you joy and where can you contribute the most right, right? so there was my aunt cousin who did that for me there was my aunt who actually allowed me into her dance studio after many years and mm. like let me stay there for four hours every day to dance um and then there were lots of people in college who helped me think about the board my mentors hmm academic mentors and a lot of friends who also practiced dance and movement and we got to look at the politics of it mm. and you know um and i think my partner a lot my partner and my friends who like helped me really look at sexuality and the body mm. and my academic mentor who look we got to look at sexuality education and the mm. body and you know um shohini chakrabarti who runs kolkata shanved really also um worked with human trafficking victims and she worked with the body and she worked with emotionality mm-hmm. and experiences and i think um, yeah so these people really stand out a lot of them don't know how much they've impacted yeah. my journey i think <laughs> but yeah okay nice okay so if i were to ask you uh, about some central ideas that have occupied your mind um apart from the ones you mentioned like dance movement and conservation Oh, what comes to your mind um <laughs> i think central ideas that have occupied my mind not thoughts no um so i think uh, politics a lot did uh, we were in a time where it's it's hard to not have mm-hmm. those kind of ideas going on in your head um a large part of that being a sudden onslaught of my pri- recognizing my privilege 
and then trying to have that um talking to my ambition of what i want to do and how i want to live mm-hmm. and how my privilege speaks to that okay um so i think there's been a lot of existential angst that comes with these kind of ideas right, right? but yeah they do occupy a large part and i think it mm. does for a lot of people who are suddenly recognizing their privilege <laughs> um which is not a bad it's an amazing thing that we're recognizing it but i think reconciling that to how do we go on from here how right. do you make choices about how mm. you live your life after this um yeah those have been central ideas i mean i try to bring that into my work made choices with work at least professionally mm. being like okay maybe this will maybe these are good choices to make with the privilege that i have mm. um but yeah i mean there are too many ideas i think <laughs> but specifically if i had to choose big ones because i think i'm also at an age where you get to now you get to choose how you want to live right um so there are different things that i think mm. come into how you make these decisions Okay anything else apart from politics of the times and your politics anything else mm. No I think you'd have to ask me specifically <laughs> <laughs> Okay um is there an answer you're looking for No no I just thought if there was something else that you had apart from it Okay um so you know This question comes from when I was young people used to say this there's so much ahead of you and then mm. it's just it's so cool to be young. Mm. So what according to you I mean like what's great about being young in 2021 and uh what are some misgivings about being young in today's age? Um 2021 when you look at covid having happened or not? Of course <laughs> it's become huge no? Um I think the good stuff is that you do have life to live. Um but there's also the the pressure that so in your 20s you're told this is when you live your life, right? You're you're young. This right. is where you have those great experiences that mm. will be with you forever. And so then when your life starts becoming boring, mm. you're a little bit like am I living what 20s are supposed to be like? Right. Um so I think the misgivings are there's that pressure of showing up mm. in terms of being capable being mm. competent but also living your life recklessly and spontaneously like mm. you should at 20s mm. I think you're answering to many different um, mm. spaces you're answering to parents you're answering to the generation that thinks it's time that you showed up as a 25 year old mm. and then you're speaking to your friends who um we you've gone in different directions some are earning more some are earning less mm. but we're all supposed to still be living our 20s mm. in a certain way mm. i think that's been a lot of pressure for me being like okay i've i've i haven't i'm living on my own check i i'm relying on myself okay mm. check um do i have that much of a social life maybe not right. do i have a tight circle of friends right. I do but they spread across the world so it's not really a tight it's just a huge circle like the shape of the earth um so you know those kind of things where you're like you you feel like there's a pressure to live 
life mm-hmm. you can life can be however you want it to be but it's supposed to be living it okay and so when i feel like for me there's there's a whole form of being mm-hmm. in 2021 right and like covid apart from the ang the, the anxiousness that it brought for survival mm-hmm. um or the pain that the whole world was going through politically while we were going through the pandemic mm-hmm. was also oh my god i'm missing out on experiences i'm supposed to be having at the right. same for two years everything that's going by yeah. yeah like oh my god my entry into workforce has been staying at home hmm. you know those kind of things have are like i don't know if they really register you don't really register these as pressure points hmm. but when you have to when you're when you're settling down and making choices or it's hmm. like should i should i stay in today or should i be catching up with an old friend because hmm. i'm supposed to have friends and be going out right you know these kind of things they feel a little they, they can be hmm. stressful that this is not about being in a workforce hmm. these are the i think the social right things of being 20 or 20 no 20s so you use the word checkbox yeah right? so <laughs> are there a lot of checkboxes and and like who creates those checkboxes according to you i think i did for mm. myself i don't want to speak for everybody but i did when mm. i was younger being i mean there's obviously bucket lists or whatever but there's mm. also like you know on my 24th birthday i could be like oh okay i mean i this is kind of where i did see myself being at 24 so it's i'm doing okay you know mm. so there's like you I mean i it's a checklist or it's just a, this is what i'd like to be doing at this age mm. and then there's like life comes crashing down when you're not doing what your 14 year 14 year old self thought you'd be doing at that age right. so i think it's a combination of a 16 year old natya but also now what other people's checklists i mean are right like traveling mm. and doing things are on people's everyone's checklists i think of our privileged lives <laughs> okay so what's what's natya's version of like chilling and and you know how you fun and 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 how would you define like work and play and yeah. yeah um yeah i think my level of my my idea of chilling is is healing i think um something i didn't mention is also i think your 20s are when um your life's trauma kind of hits you hmm. and i don't say trauma lightly i know there's a huge spectrum of trauma but i think everybody has like experiences that they don't process mm. and then 20s really hits you to process it or i had the the luck of having been able to really face them at my mm. age um so i think there's a lot of healing that i'd like to take from mm. chilling so my chill time is usually okay this is how it feels to not be anxious mm. you know mm. um but so my idea is rest and that could be your hobbies Mm. and that could be your friends and that could be family and mm. it could be just being like okay i've had a good day mm. um but how do i like define work and play work is obviously i have to go to work and come back <laughs> from work right but something i've really wondered is um and this brings me to like the questions of patriarchy and economics as well is is why is my housework work Hmm. you know cuz when i'm doing it mindfully right like if i'm tending to my plants hmm. it's housework but it's also play 
Right. And when I'm cooking, it's also house. It's also work, but it's also play. Mm. And when I'm cleaning my house, it's 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 it can be really nice for me to be like, oh, I'm feeling like nesting today, so I'm going to clear up my room. Right. But it's also work, no. Mm. So where does I? I think for me, housework, especially in the past few months, has really been like it's work. Mm. Um, and my 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 social life and play mm. life doesn't. Say okay, there is time for you to. I understand you have house chores to do, and my work work definitely doesn't be isn't mm. like okay. You can have this much time to have social life and this much time to do your housework. Mm. And so, yeah, I think that's another maybe being a tw- another. I think to your previous question also, it's like it's balancing running a household mm. and having a social life mm. and having work, mm. and I'm really trying to balance those because. I feel like those lines get blurred a lot because I've tried to make a lot of play things work because hmm. you know when you you again we were lucky enough people would be like make your what make your uh, hobby your job and you never feel like you're working <laughs> in a day it's full bullshit right um so yeah I think there's an effort to blur the lines because you think it'll give you joy hmm. and. Yeah, so I think it's blurry, but I don't know if that's a good thing or not to blur the lines, or mm. if it's easier if you don't. Mm. So I'm going to pick up on something you said uh, in the previous part of your answer. You said that um, at least for you, you felt that a lot of the trauma that you were carrying inside really came out for you um, in your experience with other people who are as young as you. Uh, is that also true for a lot of your peers? where a lot of them suddenly become aware of the trauma that they were carrying and actually um, want to deal with that. I think so. I think I have a... It's also a specific circle of friends, I think. Mm. Um, mostly women. Mm. <laughs> uh, mostly w- women in our 24, 25. Mm. Um, who... Again, I don't know if COVID pushed us or gave us the time to think about it. Mm. But when, like, all of us started therapy similarly. None of us share a therapist. Mm. But a lot of us were exchanging numbers. Right. At a very similar time. I have, mm. maybe it's that specific circle mm. of friends who we've had enough conversations about our lives mm. and we're honest enough with each other to be like, maybe we should talk to someone about this. Right. You know? That's also not a conversation that happens unless there's a lot of vulnerability in that friendship, right? Mm. For someone to be like, I think this needs talking about. Mm. Um, so yeah, I did have, I feel like I have a specific circle of friends and also p- mm. different peers but lots of people who are now recognizing that mm. or maybe it is the fact that mental he- the people who wanted to build awareness of mental health mm. succeeded <laughs> and that people are now right. wanting to find right. ways to cope that aren't like that and so. apart from from the peers and the circle that you mentioned um, how do you think adults are, are taking this this wave of Mm. or the adults around you at least how did they the adults around me um some don't know Mm. um the ones who knew needed to you needed to have some form of a conversation about it I remember talking to an adult being like yeah this person's also doing and they were like all of y'all are doing a what (laughs) what is happening why do all of y'all need it and my brother and I were having this conversation with the adult and he was like why adult everyone needs it (laughs) Right. You know, and like, I think adults in our generation basically either found other ways of coping, 
Hmm. Or they just not had that stage where all their traumas come and hit them in the right. face. So, so they are amused that everybody. It's it's a point of interest, hmm. I think. Um, they're not fully. Also, I think therapy was something big has to happen for you to go to therapy, right? Hmm. So they don't understand why if something big hasn't happened. Why do you need to? Right, right. It's like it's. I think it's a point of curiosity. Hmm. uh because i don't think they understand that trauma is not hmm. like an event right also it's new it's newer age mental health that's talking about consistent trauma that turns up in ha- patterns and habits and stuff like hmm. that right i don't know if the previous generation has made that much of an has had the opportunity to get that kind of information right so therapy hmm. becomes a is is a solution for a big bad thing hmm. and not and it is like why do you need it you, you your life has not been that bad uh, so so there is this group of them who are just curious yeah and then there are others who think if it's not something really big has happened to you then why do you yeah. need it yeah but there's not been like outright rejection of it is what i'm hearing i think to keep myself safe i didn't tell the people who i knew i would get rejection from right so there are adults around there people. are and i think for my friends as well there are adults who they keep this information away from right again because you're 25 mm-hmm. and you are able to make these choices without having to stay answerable all the time mm-hmm. or you get to go out to study or you get to go out and work so you live away from Hmm. um having you can at that point of time i think at this point of time you can choose who you tell what to that agency is now you come. have that agency and so you based on past experiences if you have discretion about what your response hmm. is going to be you rather keep yourself safe than sometimes go into conversations that you know are not going to turn out well for anybody there <laughs> right <laughs> okay so next question um What misconceptions does the world around have of young people today in your opinion and uh, is there anything like you feel you're being harshly judged for So I have this like I've only overheard what adults talk okay. right like in front of me in front of my face also it's there but um I think the idea of burnout and of complaining hmm. and I this suppose I've read up also hmm. on Gen- I know the millennial term is not so applicable to Indians mm. because we're a few generations later anyway. But I think they think we complain a lot, mm. and I think what they don't realize is, at least how I look at my complaining, is I think I'm at a point where I'm like, I know this is how we're supposed to do it, but do we have to do it this way? Mm. And so the complaining is more of being critical. and i don't think that's being recognized hmm. it comes across as you guys don't know how to do hard work you guys don't know how to complain and the idea that burnout happens and it's like yeah burnout is a part of life hmm. and i think a lot of people in my generation and i've been talking also is that we don't want to burn out hmm. so we're trying to look at ways in which we can live life so that we're not constantly burning out hmm. and burning out not being recognized as burning out Mm. being considered complaining or of being like oh you guys don't know how to do hard work which in some parts is true because we are privileged the peace circles i talk to are privileged and um, also the fact that the system is is the idea of what achievement is is also of working less of not working hard for for you no like what you want to achieve is like this intellectual space where you're 
managing mm. and you're not doing the grind right right and so if you complain about doing the grind it's like you guys don't know how to do the grind the grind is so much worse hmm but also while we're doing the grind being like yeah we'll do the grind but this can't be our only life right hmm. and so i think for, for i think 20 like us are constantly being like this is not what we need to be doing hmm. there are there has to be another way of navigating hmm. the workforce Hmm. where there there just has to be another way right where mm-hmm. everyone's not suffering mm-hmm. or everyone's not burning out and everyone's not constantly stressed because we're stressed mm-hmm. and we don't like it and also i think our generation i don't know if the previous generation has been stressed since they were like 12 13 years old because mm-hmm. they had board exams to write i know board exams were a big deal but they're a much bigger deal now mm-hmm. right and it's like constantly be told hi do you board exams then life is okay then you do the next board exams life is okay you join you start a job it'll be okay but you started a job and you're still burning out mm-hmm. right so it's i think constant junctures where you come at and you're like should i be burning out is mm. this so this idea of complaining mm. i think is a real misconception that like mm. youngsters just complain and they don't know how to do the grind which is we know how to do the grind we just don't think we sh- i think there's better ways to not grind right. so you're also asking what's the better way yeah I, i i i don't know if if parents have realized that you know they like oh we've given you the best life or we've done so much for you which means we don't need to struggle as much as you na we we're at a point where we can innovate so that other people so we don't struggle like you did right and that's not being accepted hmm it's and like we did so why can't you do it and it's like we we don't have to do it because you did it and we're valuing that you did it but we're also saying that now let's make sure we all don't have to do it right so that segues into my next question right like um, how has it been joining the workforce because there are adults there and 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 what should like we as adults know about young people uh, that we are working alongside and will continue to work with in the future so i again i don't know if i should talk for everyone but for me it's that we do want to learn Mm-hmm. and we are also, we're, we're making an effort to understand how things work we're not claiming to be authority but just because we question it doesn't mean we have the answers mm-hmm. and that that's okay no like answer the questions mm-hmm. be comfortable with the questions being asked yeah because for me entering into the workforce has been weird Hmm. It's been exciting being like oh I'm doing the grind. Right. Like you know there have been nights where I've come back exhausted and being like oh this is a good kind of exhaustion because I've been working all day. Hmm. But then if that becomes consistent I'm consistently like shit I'm exhausted because I've been working all day then I'm like this is what my everyday supposed comes back to my previous my what I said earlier about um it becomes you're working every day and then you're like oh I'm not living my 20s because hmm. your 20s is also supposed to be fun. Hmm. and you know so it it's it's really an interconnected questioning of ourselves as well because mm. it's like okay we're supposed to be having fun but we're supposed to be working hard and we're trying to make our jobs fun mm. for us mm. so it's you know what i'm saying it's like it's like a it's a flux i think of messiness mm. and i and i think the older people need to be accepting of that mm. that you guys are in a flux mm. and you are at the brinks of trying to innovate for later generations mm. um i think the previous like i know for a fact that a lot of my friends parents worked because they had to mm. right we had 
we had to work the way the system worked so that we could make the money hmm. and we agree we also need to make money i am now suddenly at the onslaught of working from a pay living from a paycheck to paycheck so i'm also looking for different avenues of money asking for pay raises as i mean trying to challenge the fact that how should pay is even hmm. be again but i am not claiming to be an authority right i'm questioning it hmm. and that's okay to question it hmm. i think a lot of the times it becomes a self doubt which is like should am i allowed to question it hmm. because others haven't so so long you know a lot of the times when i was complaining about being like this is not feeling like me um i'm feeling really overwhelmed i'm emotionally exhausted i don't think this is for me and people being like yeah it's a teething thing you'll break in like you know and it's like it's it's like you know shoes need to be broken into hmm. it feels like entering the workforce is something you need to break into hmm. and it's not feeling natural hmm. like why should i be living my life breaking into this like why hmm. and i think that's a fair question to have hmm. and it like i'm not saying i won't continue working hmm. in the system because i need to make the money the way my the previous generation did hmm. but at the same time being like are there other ways to have done this hmm. so accepting that you're in a flux yeah uh, accepting that uh, questions are going to be asked yeah and and not seeing that as um, what, what what is there a term when you are in a flux or when you're asking questions is mm-hmm. there a term that comes to your mind on what these things are being read as weak no i think we considered weaker hmm. we consider we considered protected hmm it's because you are protected that you can ask these questions hmm. and and it's it's true we were protected and only from protection do you feel safe enough to ask questions hmm. no if you're constant like if you think about it if i'm waking up every day going to work and coming back i'm actually not having the time to sit and reflect on my life hmm if our generation has become more reflective hmm that's not a bad thing reflection comes out of having the luxury of time hmm yeah and that's fine we were given a luxury of time it's not a bad thing hmm so that you know being like it's okay that you hmm. had the luxury to think and we didn't have the luxury hmm. to think so apart from um adults being comfortable when questions are raised by you um what else would you like um adults to talk to you about more ask you more Mm, I think uh, I think they I would like to them like for them to talk to me about things they wish they could have talked about in their 20s. Hmm. You know like talk to me about sex, talk hmm. to me about relationships, talk to me about the struggles you had. Hmm. Another I think they consider also we consider weak is because we're okay with being vulnerable maybe. Hmm. You know same yeah we're fucked up like hmm. we're trying but and and it's that it's it's considered weak to say that we're fucked up no to be mm. like i'm confused this is not should it's not how it should be i'm uncomfortable it's like it's i i'm trying to say it, but i think being vulnerable i would mm. like adults to talk about that mm. of, i think of how they felt vulnerable in their yeah i think it gives a lot of it, oh, i'm of a personal belief that vulnerability is really powerful mm. and so i think adults also can start talking about the vulnerabilities i think mm. that helps us be like okay you all were also confused and mm. there are struggles and that everyone can start accepting that these struggles are okay mm. 
Hmm. Okay. Anything else? Anything else? Hmm. <laughs> no, I think I've covered a spectrum of things I wish adults don't do. <laughs> okay. Um are there things that they don't ask you like I mean like one is to talk about yeah. something but one is to also ask you some things that you wish they would do more opinions i hmm. think a lot of the times our opinions are not even validated unless they're asking for tech help <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So asking for tech help is is there but beyond but, that. No, but you know that our experiences however lesser mm. they are compared to yours mm. you can ask. Mm. Our experiences can inform practices. Mm. And I think they're not, they're not asked. Mm. If you asked us on how it's going mm. and being open to the different experiences that will come from mm. a different generation. Mm. Yeah, because it, to even ask something of that means you have to be comfortable enough to, mm. and it it gives comfort to mm. ask my opinion on mm. things. Mm. So your opinion on things, and but I find, of course, in in my opinion, I think the second one's more interesting. Like your experience of anything, yeah, uh, just, that that's also powerful. Yeah, yeah. and you. Even children, because I work in education, mm. it like just because they're young, their mm. experiences should inform practices. Mm-hmm. Their experiences can't be invalid because it's lesser than yours. Mm. So even my experiences, they might be twenty five, thirty years younger to yours, mm. but they can inform your practices. Mm. You know, adults who ask, who want to learn about what mental health awareness is in this age, mm. it's. It's crazy. I don't know how many of them do unless they're working in that profession. Right. But if they did, I would love to sit down and be like this is what panic attacks are about. Mm. And they're common and they don't have to come just because you haven't had abusive pasts. Mm. You have, but not an abusive event. Because mm. nice. I think we do have I think our generation has conversations. Mm. And um if you asked the conversations would we would love to share those conversations yeah um so as now some questions looking into the future um are there any apprehensions you have as you begin to engage with the world beyond your community yeah i think that really, it 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 ties back into my first question about privilege i i work in the social sector so i'm already working with community people who are far removed from my circles mm-hmm. and i think that apprehension has started as i enter the workforce and still continues is how does how does my privilege that i have of like like i've mentioned the luxury of time to be reflective to be critical mm-hmm. to think of systems and to criticize them and look at innovating new systems these aren't available like everyone doesn't do this mm-hmm. yeah so i think using that privilege for me it's been really like um tumultuous it's been either i separate from it mm. you know and my whole life i've been someone who's pushed back a lot so i know within my circles when to push back how much to push back mm. and or i still try and figure it out so i think even when you engage with people who are removed from your community it's it's a playing around with okay i am of these opinions i am a feminist and mm. i'm 
uh, bisexual and I have experiences that have allowed me to be open about these mm. things and I don't like it when people use the n-word and I don't like it when people are homophobic mm. when do you push back how much do you push back mm. how much privilege have I had to um, work with to have these opinions and then work with communities that don't have these opinions mm. And so it's not only communities don't have even privileged people who have these opinions. Mm. I think my apprehension is that I've gone in with this whole force of yeah, we need to have a feminist world and yeah, all these injustice injustices are mm. valid. But when you work on an interpersonal space, mm. that pushing back that that interpersonal politics. Mm. Which comes with your identity and your privilege. Like, I think that's really, it's, it's not point of apprehension, but it is like a, it, it's a tension that I hold. Mm-hmm. Because like, you want to, you want to say something, but how mm-hmm. should you say it and when mm-hmm. should you say it? Yeah. And like I said, with privilege, you now get to decide how you live your life. Mm-hmm. So it's you, how you inform those, how you make those choices. Mm-hmm. I think for me. So again, it comes back to the balance that you were talking about. Yeah. Yeah, how much so. to push back where and how much yeah like how do you yeah how do you how do you inform how do you change your own opinions hmm. I think it's a struggle for everyone I don't know if that's my age based right but it's like how do you hold your opinions hmm. how do you communicate those opinions and right. how do you change opinions hmm. and it's towards social I mean if I'm working in the social sector I'm working hmm. towards social change and I think social change happens most in interpersonal relationships I think absolutely so I think navigating that while mm. holding mm. the information and the privilege that I have. Mm. And also giving space for people who haven't had the privilege, no? I mean, that's a huge part of recognizing your privileges sure. that you've taken sure. up space. Yeah, yeah. Alright, so I just want to end, like, if you want to share, is there something you're looking forward to in the coming years? Any <laughs> dreams or desires you're, like, nurturing uh, as you're moving ahead? Um, yeah, I think I've talked lots of gyan, <laughs> but I think the dreams become very simple. Like, I'm really looking forward to living with my partner mm. and navigating all of what I said, mm. but with a person. Mm. Um, I'm also really looking forward to treating my body right. Mm. Because, I, again, I gave a lot of gyan on how much the body and everything, mm. how central that is. But I think I keep going back and forth on how I'm treating my own body. Mm. No, and it's like I'll see people who are work, like working and really treating their body right, and then I'm not, and I'm not, and then I'm doing a job where I don't get to treat my body as well. Mm. You know, so all these things I'm really mm. looking forward to finding that balance of treating my body right mm. in terms of managing even mm. my stress or what gives me stress. Mm. All these things I think inform that, but I really want to start treating my body right, mm. and um, like. Um, like constantly recognizing where I am like I said 14 year old Nitya mm. thought that 24 year old Nitya should be doing something like this mm. and so when I'm at that age being like oh I'm kind of doing what I want to be doing mm. those moments for me are really exciting mm. you know so I'm really nurturing I'm really looking forward to having more of those because I know now is when I'm living a lot of the dreams younger me has had mm. so um, I don't know what the specifics of these dreams are because they're very simple things mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. you know, I want to have my full balcony of plants and when I'm doing that being like, oh, I have a whole balcony of plants, right. you know, or being on a terrace at a sunset being like, mm-hmm. I wanted to be doing this. Mm-hmm. So yeah, those things, Just living the things, living the things, I think. And I, mm-hmm. yeah, 
I don't know dreams and all. I'm in a very like if it's not been clear, I'm highly confused. I'm also <laughs> in that flux, right? Of what I, where I want to be doing, what I want right. to be doing, and I think those choices come every day, no? Mm. What I have to do, but I'm really looking forward to the fact that this is when I've imagined doing things. Mm. So doing them and recognizing that I'm doing them. Right. Well, from where I'm sitting, from the 14-year-old Nitya that I, <laughs> that I knew and. meeting the 24 year old nitya i think uh, uh, looking forward to how you maneuver and navigate <laughs> and uh, also looking forward to eating your version of instant maggi noodles yeah, yeah. let's do a noodles party <laughs> all right thank you thank you i hope you liked today's show if you have any feedback or you want to connect me with others in their 20s or you are a 20 year old and would like to be a guest on the show you can write to me on instantnoodlespodcast@gmail.com meanwhile i will be back with another episode in a fortnight thank you for listening